in the conversation. We're just going to hit pause on our series called um, Anchors and Receive the Holy Spirit. Um, just to give you an update on India, and can I just say, just to frame the conversation this morning that we're talking about India, in no way is our going to India a missions trip. It's not a missions trip. It's actually us connecting with family and friends who we've given our heart and soul to. Jet lag's a ruthless thing. <laughs> Makes me very emotional for some reason. Uh, anyway, I'm going to try and explain. I thought I could, but I thought I'd try and do it from Scripture this morning. If it could, could in some way communicate what we do within there. And it's like this, it's not as if we're being arrogant, Eller, that we're going out there and connect with them. Actually, what they're doing is connecting with us. And so it's a vice versa, it's a return relationship. Uh, so let me read from First Colossians, or Colossians 1, there only is one Colossians, just to let you know. <laughs> but you knew that, didn't you? Just keeping you on your toes this morning. So this is called from the message, paraphrase from, yeah, jet lag, whatever his name is. Eugene Peterson, sorry, I'm not being disrespectful, I just had a mind blank, a mind blank, a blank mind. This is going to go swimmingly well this morning. If this is your first time in the vineyard, do come back next week, it's going to get much better than this. So I hope that this communicates what we're trying to do, and I'm going to invite the guys to come up and give their experience. Our prayers for you are always spilling over into Thanksgiving. It's two-way, by the way. We can't quit, quit thanking God, our Father, and Jesus, our Messiah, for you. We keep getting reports on your steady faith in Christ, our Jesus, and the love you continuously extend to all Christians. The lines of purpose in your lives never grow slack, tightly tied as they are to your future in heaven, kept taut by hope. The message is as true among you today as when you first heard it. This is the message of the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't dim diminish or weaken over time. It's the same all over the world. I thought that would have made you smile. The message bears fruit and gets larger and stronger, just as it has in you. From the very first day you heard and recognized the truth of what God is doing, you've been hungry for more. It's as vigorous in you now as when you learned it from our friend and close associate, Epaphras. He's one reliable worker for Christ. You could always depend on him. He's the one who told us how thoroughly loving you've been, how love has been worked into your lives by the Spirit. Be assured, from the first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you, asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to His will, and so acquire a thorough understanding of His ways in which God works. We pray you'll live well for the Master, making Him proud of you as you work hard in His orchard. As you learn more and more how God works, you will learn how to do your work. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength God gives. It's a strength that endures the undurable and spills over into joy. Thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. God rescued us from dead-end alleys and dark dungeons. Set us up in the kingdom of the Son He loves so much. The Son who got us out of the pit we were in, got rid of our sins, we were doomed to keep repeating. This is the word of the Lord. It's absolutely true. 
that's given to us in love. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So that gives you a snapshot of what our hearts are for. And uh, it's a two-way conversation. And it's, it's loyal love and friendship where we spur one another on to see this glorious, compelling kingdom grip our hearts and our lands and see God change lives, just as Paul taught us and wrote about there at the end, where we've got out of our dungeons, where we've got away from repeating sin patterns, and God has brought us into to glorious life and a splendid kingdom. And so what we're going to do this morning is just talk about what that kingdom looks like here on earth. I remember a few weeks ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago, of that all-encompassing prayer the vision prayer of the kingdom, when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray that prayer, it is a huge vision of the kingdom. It's a compelling vision of the kingdom. It's not narrow. It's actually expansive. It touches every sphere of society, politics, school, justice, brokenness, sin, whatever. It's so encompassing, this kingdom of God. So when we pray the kingdom come, we never reduce it to less. Such a prayer, isn't it? Such a, an expanding prayer, such a, an expectation in our hearts every time we pray it. And so we went to India, and guess what? Our friend, the Holy Spirit, came with us and just did some amazing, marvelous things in our sight that keeps us going here in Tyrone again. And some things that we learned, and some things they learned from us. And so what I want to do is just invite... Uh, who wants to go first? We have Nicola, who was on the trip. Nicola Burney. There we go. Johnny, but he was only a part-timer. <laughs> and contrary to all the reports, there is video evidence that he did sleep during one of my talks and only came on the Monday. And then there was Stephen. Lucas, he got acquainted with the toilet in his hotel room during that trip. <laughs> and then there was Michelle, the birthday girl, and myself. So, in all seriousness, it's good to have a laugh, isn't it? So, who's first? Stephen? Stephen. There you go. The only reason I'm going first is I looked at Nicola, and she's pages and pages of notes. <laughs> so, as you were reading the passage, Jason, I was quickly jotting a few things down on my phone. Um, yeah, India, what an experience. It was incredible. Eye-opening, um, completely overwhelming. Um, furthest I have ever traveled in my life. Um, I'm a wee country boy, so I haven't really gone too far. <laughs> um, I remember saying to Brian before I left that it was like stepping out of the boat, but it was like nose diving out of the boat. The boat was a dot to me. Um, in one sense, though, it was good because there was no distraction. Um, it was just me and Jesus. Um, We've been asked to kind of share some, maybe like a key point or something that was like a highlight. And for me, the highlight had to be um, our last day of the trip. Um, we took a car journey up to the border with Nepal. Now, Pastor Avanish told us it was a four-hour trip. 
But he obviously works in the Lord's timing, you know, like a day is a thousand years and that. Because six and a half hours later, <laughs> we finally made it. Some roads, some not so roads, um, dirt tracks um, through a jungle. Remember, we kept Nicola going that we were going to open the window and let a monkey in. Um, but yeah, it was an experience. I remember there was probably some grumbling between both cars that this is ridiculous. But by the time we got there, it was well worth it. Um, we arrived in this wee village, and they'd obviously been briefed it was a four-hour trip because they'd waited, I think, two hours for us. And there was 90 people crammed in a wee tiny mud hut. Um, it was something out of a film. It was just surreal. Um, when we walked in, they applauded each and every one of us as we walked in. I don't know if it was a slow clap because we finally made it, or they were so thankful to see us. But it was just the most humbling experience of my life. Um, these people have materially, they've nothing, but just the riches they have in their heart um, just completely blew me away. Um, I'm just looking at my notes. Yeah, so when we were in this wee gathering, um, they sung some worship in Hindi. And hearing worship in a different tongue, um, was mind-blowing. I don't think I've ever experienced that before, um, but just seeing them, all they had was a tambourine and a, and a bongo to play, um, and that was the only thing that they had to lead worship, but yet they raised the roof with the singing, um, so it was just so encouraging, and the one thing kind of that sort of struck me, it did feel like home, it felt like family. They welcomed us as if we were one of their own. Um, yeah, there was definitely a real kind of tangible sense of God's presence in that place. Um, Jason spoke, um, and we had time to kind of pray for them, um, and it was just such a blessed time together. Um, Jason kind of said that it wasn't just us going there to kind of, you know, bring them something. There was like that partnership where we received as much from them as we gave. Sometimes I felt I kind of maybe received more from them. Um, but yeah, it was such an amazing experience. So I was so thankful that I did kind of jump out of the boat and, uh, and go on that trip. The one thing I have probably discovered is that Imodium doesn't really work. Um, they say it's meant to act within an hour, but I think it's like three or four days later it then acts. So yeah, the power of prayer kind of got me through um, a couple of rough days. Yeah, I think that's kind of everything that I have. I know I was a really short 10 minutes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, when we had Stephen in the room, we thought if um, any from a charismatic background at all or who have watched the God Channel, you would have heard of a guy called Benny Hinn. Yeah? Well, we named Stephen... Benny Hinn, because every time he prayed for people, he just wrecked the room with bodies all over the place. So uh, I don't know what you do with that in your theology. But um, he's got a new ministry now, and I think he's taking it back to Coke, because they're, they're, they're all up for that sort of thing down there. I just thought this is what he did. This was his party piece, you know. So anyway, power of God was certainly in the room. Nicola, are you ready?
kind of, so I've done some wacky things over the past 10 days, but this is the hardest thing I've actually had to do. <laughs> um, first of all, I'd really love to say thank you to everybody who prayed for us, because um, they really got me through personally. Um, I really, really did feel surrounded and protected and in a total bubble of absolute no fear at all, <laughs> which was amazing. Um, before I left, I would have been quite an anxious and fearful type of person. And um, I have to I just say, there was absolutely no fear at all. Um, and there was a lot of things that I should have been very frightened of. <laughs> um, so I really, really thank God for this um, and for you praying for us all. Um, it's, it's really hard, actually, to put, to actually say, because so many things happened. You know, and you can't even think of which bit to say because we're still processing. And I'm still actually feeling very sick. <laughs> so it's sort of going in my head. Um, the people, the Christian people that we met were absolutely amazing. Um, they're the most selfless people I've ever met. Um, <clears throat> you know, some of them have been put into prison um, for building or being in a church. Um, they're accused of all sorts of bad things in the villages or in their jobs. And they are persecuted and it's getting worse for them. Um, we visited one village at night because it was not safe um, for us to go in the daytime, I think. And there was a Christian family there, and we went to see them on a regenerate toilet. Um, Sanjita, a pastor, um, she was so hospitable. You know, her kitchen was just this little, fly, little fire on the floor. Um, her husband couldn't read. In fact, they said 90% of people in India can't read, which I find really shocking. Um, the whole village um, persecuted them. And at the pastor's conference, she was so brave, and she spoke out about all her persecutions she was going through, which made it a way for everybody else in the room, to be honest. Because I think culturally they don't do that, so that was really good. Um, she, because like they live in this sort of village, and... Their house is the church, and then people walk for hours, isn't it, to go to this church to be healed and ministered to, and literally they have nothing, and the thing got me, she feeds everybody, like they have all these people come in and she feeds them, and it must be this never-ending pot of rice, <laughs> because they have nothing. Um, I just think she's amazing. Um when we had a translator and that we were talking to her and she, she's been accused of adultery because loads of men are coming into the church. So she's been accused of lots of things in adultery, um, which I found out is still um, death by stoning in India. You know, so she's, she's up against a lot, but she's, she just said that she was totally not afraid. Um, like, what can man do to me? I have Jesus. Jesus is everything. Um, and the verse that stuck out for me most about the whole 10 days we were there, of all the ladies that we met, um, was the joy of the Lord is my strength. They have so much joy in Jesus. And it doesn't matter what people throw at them. They just, they're, they're just so joyful. Um, yeah, so basically, a lot of them have absolutely nothing and they give their everything. And that was a real thing in my heart, I think. It's very humbling. Um, the other thing about this lady is after um, Jason and Michelle prayed with her, she said she felt so light and refreshed, like weights had been taken off her. 
and um, we'd been given flowers on the Sunday when we we're in the service and we couldn't take them home and Jason said to go and give the flowers to the pastors and their wives and I gave one to Senjita and she cried and she said she'd never had flowers before and she'd never seen anything so beautiful and she's such a precious lady of God and I'd really like us to, to pray for her um, <clears throat> they're just an amazing family um, one thing that I'm going to do is print out some photographs of all these people, um, uh, the pastors and their wives and things, and put them in the prayer room and little things about them that we could pray for, you know, because I remember sitting there before I left and I wasn't really sure what to pray for because I'd never been, and, and it would be quite helpful to to pray for them and all their different needs. Um, the other, One of the other things was um, a lot of the women, they face many, many struggles, um, and it was on Michelle's heart, now mine too, um, was the stigma and lack of education and affordatory um, sanitary products for teenagers and women. Um, it's actually shocking that in this day and age women are dying from infections and that teenage girls can't go to school. Um, this has sort of been acknowledged and picked up around the world now. In the past couple of years, a lot of charities are trying to address this problem. And they make um, reusable products and send them to countries like Africa and India. But Michelle thought it would be a good idea if the ladies who had the regenerate sewing machines could make them um, and sell them for themselves for maybe earning a fair wage. And so the regenerate project helped with that. Um, so as there was so much stigma and shame around the subject in India, we were not quite sure how the ladies would react. Um, so I decided to put together some ideas before we went so we could show them and see what they thought, just get feedback. Um, if you want to see what we sent, there's a wee red book in the back table. It sort of goes through the different things um, that we left with them. Um, I basically put together this um, product that was safe, antibacterial fabrics, reusable, um, up to two years, environmentally friendly, easy to look after and nice to look at. It sort of folded up like a little purse. Um, just by researching what was on, already sold and on the internet. Um, we met up with um, Rakamara. She is the past, Pastor Mohan's wife. And the most amazing lady called Gaida. Good <laughs> um, She uh, is a lovely Christian lady and she was a part of the got a regenerate sewing machine given to her. And she was there with her sister-in-law and her new mother-in-law. And we had an amazing time with Lydia Guida. Good, terrible. Um, she was the most enthusiastic person I've ever met, <laughs> and she was wonderful. Um, and she she said that the ladies would love to use these. Um, I'm really not sure what she thought of my sewing. <laughs> <laughs> she sort of like, oh. <laughs> um, and she made it very clear that she could make them in no time at all, and do a lot better job than me. Because <laughs> um, when they actually stood up, they, she was actually saying she made all these saris and everything. They're, they're so talented. These ladies are so talented. Um, and then by the end of it, she wanted to make them and sell them to the market. And she'll probably go sell them to the world. She's wonderful. Um, Rakamara said um, that we could do a, a trial of 30 bags in the village to start with. Each, bag, each waterproof bag would contain a bar of soap, um, three sets of underwear and six pads, and the ladies would make these bags and everything and with the help of Regenerate. 
Um, we also met another younger girl from the slum area who took samples and said um, that she would take them as well. So we left the folder of information with them and then we're working to get that up and running um, for them. A lot of the sewing machine ladies um, we met seemed to face a lot of domestic violence and abandonment on a regular basis, um, which has an effect on their spiritual, mental and physical health. You could see that in them. Um, it was quite sad. It was a joy praying with them and seeing joy and peace over them as well. Um, they really have a battle to even use these machines a lot of the time. So we pray, uh, pray that they could use them. Because um, they do get a lot of joy from using these machines as well. And hopefully by using these bags, um, they'll prevent infections and deaths. And make women's lives a lot better, in, especially in the villages where they have no money. Um, so that's... That's what I wanted to say, really. And I just wanted to probably thank Jason and Michelle, because they were very patient with us. <laughs> and very kind. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very hard to try to communicate the, the energy and the emotion that the woman had when Nicola and Michelle brought this, this dream and this very, very simple idea into their, their homes. It was such a powerful, tangible moment, wasn't it? Uh, we, we were in another room uh, praying with pastors. Um, Mohan, who's just, just a good, good guy. And, uh, and they just go through so much stuff, but just the simplest stuff. Sometimes, you know, the small the God thoughts that we have we think they're small and you can just dismiss them. There's a lesson in that. When God speaks and God gives you dreams, then risk it and step out and start to communicate it publicly, talk about the vision and see what comes of it. There's a lesson for all of us in that. So Johnny, is Johnny here? Here he is. Johnny actually forgiven about a stick. He was an absolute tripper. He was awake for 48 hours, took him off the plane and took him straight into a meeting. And uh, if you know Johnny, he's just, uh, he makes me tired looking at him. He, <laughs> he just started engaging with these pastors and asking them questions and how we could help him and resource him and pray for them. And uh, he's just a good, good man, good heart. Here he is. Thanks, Jason. And in my defense, Jason just doesn't know what concentrating looks like. Um, so, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... <laughs> Um, it, it was, it was an, I have to say it really was quite a, fasc, a fascinating trip I mean I've done a fair bit of travel but when, when you go to India it is yeah, it, it does assault the senses a bit it's vibrant it's, um, there's high energy it's dirty um, and, and, and there's, just, there's people everywhere it's, 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 it's unbelievable and let me tell you this you think you're close to heaven until you get onto some of those roads out there and <laughs> And, and, and that's not a good thing, by the way, but it was, it, it was interesting, actually. But there's a number of things that sort of strike you. I was out, obviously, for a shorter time, but there are a number of things that, that strike you. And, and actually, there are lessons that are applicable to us as well, but it's the whole aspect of the difference between what culture is and, and really what Jesus would have us to be. Um, I think the biggest thing that struck me out there um, is just probably the attitude to women, if I'm absolutely honest with you. And... It's pretty poor 
I would say, right across a, a lot of the regions. Um, and I suppose I would also tie that into the whole aspect of, of the sort of the class system that's there. Um, and it all seems to be around, in, in some way, people consolidating their positions and keeping, people, keeping people down and, and, and all, all the rest of that there. And that whole aspect is just so contrary um, to, to what Jesus would have. Every individual is incredibly important. Every individual is gifted. Every individual um, has something, something to give and something to contribute. Um, and, and that doesn't seem to be the case across much, much of India. And, and as with here, we know all about cultural background and prejudice. Um, but, but as with here, that does pervade the church to a degree. And, and, and that is a bit of a challenge. The lady that Nicola was talking about was, was, was an exception rather than a rule with her and her husband were sort of leading the church together. And, and that, that is, I would say, very, very unusual. And, and everything is quite male-dominated. And, and as, as most of you will know, that's not always a good thing, I have to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> there are certain advantages, but then it has the odd problem as well, let's be honest with you. Um, but the truth is, when, when you're in a church, we did have the opportunity to challenge the pastors and things about that, and, and, and that was good. But the whole aspect there of actually being able to use all the gifts that were given to the church and being able to use the, the wisdom and, and, and the prayer base and just getting people come together, it's definitely something that you could, you could really pray for. Um, and, and the whole aspect of prejudice is actually prejudging people's worth before you've even met them. Um, and that's what prejudice is. And, and, and it, it was, in, in some sense, it's shocking to see that out there, but also just maybe the lesson for us as well. We do it here too. Um, we, we do it by religion. We do it by, I suppose, sexism at times we do it by, by other things and, and we need to be very careful in that too but that's something absolutely that that needs to be prayed for out there uh, as well second thing that really struck me was the value of the regenerate projects um the churches out there are trying to be james two churches where i i will show you my faith by what i do and, and there is a, an absolute need i mean we know there's a need here from compassion ministries but very much out there there's a huge need um and, and the work that has been done by the church is, is tremendous out there. And I think there are other things that we can do to make that better and to help further. And there will hopefully be, be stuff that we, we, we can work on. But the whole aspect of helping people to help themselves. And, and what was really interesting, the church up on the Nepalese border, the guy who had uh, actually benefited from that had then gone on to build a church. Um, and, you know, he was then propagating what had been given to him. And then the money that's paid back goes on then, you know, for the loans that are given then go to other people and it's, it's self-fulfilling in a way self and it's very very good and, and it is to be supported um so that that was that was quite exciting as well to see that um just trying to think of if any other things i did write write some notes down but i don't even know where i put them now they're probably there actually um there, i think there was one other thing yes that i wanted, wanted to say on that yes it was the whole aspect that struck me as well as spiritual awareness that's the only only other thing bear in mind we, we sometimes in this society are quite rational you know, we, most things go as, as, as they go on. Um, but over there, the whole Hinduism, I, I would have to say that there's, there's much about Hinduism which is very evil. It, it, it propagates that caste system. It keeps people down. It keeps people dabbling in the occult. And there's definitely much more demonic activity. And, and, and really that flows across into society as well then because that, that translates to the leadership of a country. And it's interesting, we're talking about praying for the leadership of our country. One of the big challenges out there it's, it could be a very productive country. As somebody's involved in agriculture, you're driving up, um, seeing lots and lots of well-tended fields, great potential for productivity, 
a country that could be incredibly vibrant and, and, and support a lot of people in, in good living standards, and it doesn't. And why is that? Probably because it's leaders serving themselves as opposed to serving their people. And, and again, it's just that reminder for all of us about servant leadership, um, which we are seeing to a degree in, some, in, in the churches out there. That seems to be quite evident, but it's not necessarily terribly evident in the rest of society. So it's a society that is really... It's damaged by its by its uh, its culture, by its uh, to a degree its history, um, but most of all, it's damaged because it just doesn't know Christ. And and the thing that struck me above all else, and I think everybody everybody said it when we went up to see some of those churches, you just felt at home with your brothers and sisters. You know, the, the love of Christ and the, and uh, just just transcends all borders and boundaries, and it just adds so much. And you were kind of sitting there in front of these guys, thinking like, what have we to give them? Because there was so much coming back that you could learn. But they are precious. Um, but they're living under very difficult conditions. And our prayers are necessary for them. But also we, we can learn from them as well. So um, I, I would suggest if you, if you fancy an interesting visit though, um, that's definitely going to change you. India's pretty good. Um, I was quite smug. I didn't get sick at all. It was class. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, that was very unchristian of me. But I did have a little smile. <laughs> but anyway... Um, but actually, you do come back changed, and, and it's just something I think definitely pray for the, the, the pastors out there and their wives, and even that they would challenge and, and try and model church um, really much on what Jesus would want rather than just what their background is. So thank you. I'll finish there. Right. I thought I would go last because anybody knows me and I could start talking about India. I can go on for quite a while. The first thing I want to want to mention is these guys. I know Jason's already mentioned it, but the joy that the team brought. Stephen is just the funniest person ever. <laughs> Literally, Nicola and I at times in our middle age, um, haven't had three children's state. We're standing like this. Sorry, too much information, TMI. Okay, too much information. But anyway, we did laugh an awful, awful lot when we were there, um, and we also, um, there was, there was sometimes whenever we were driving along, and the, the great thing about having these guys with us was, um, I got to see India through fresh eyes again, this is my sixth trip out there, and it's amazing how quickly it just becomes normal, even the extreme poverty, you know, you, you look and you go, yeah, there's, there's another slum area. There's children running around the streets with no clothes on. You know, and it's just because that you're so, there's part of your brain that just goes, that's India. That's India. That's how it is. But actually to have people with you that are seeing it for the first time, it just, again, you're reminded that that's not okay. Not that you know it's, do you know what I mean? It's like a fresh eyes to see it again. And that certainly was my experience with having... Um, Nicola and Stephen and Johnny with me and Nicola at one stage was in the car one day and we were driving through and one minute she was crying and the next minute we were laughing and that was just how the trip went the whole time and that verse the joy of the Lord is your strength Nicola and I chatted about that about how that was really really true and the moments when it was incredibly hard there was um, one of the hardest things for me on this trip was uh I met a lady that this was now my fourth time meeting her and she um, had polio when she was younger so she's partly um, 
paralyzed in her leg. She's um, got difficulties in walking. She's a beautiful daughter. Um, the last time I met her, she was set up with a regenerate sewing machine. Her and her daughter were living um, in a safe place. Well, I say safe place. I wouldn't have wanted to live there. It, it was relatively safe for them, but it didn't feel very safe for me, especially when we visited at night. Um, and I got to see her again, so I was excited to meet her again because when we were talking about the reusable sanitary products, she was one of the people I have in my mind because she just had, had left such an impression with me the few times I'd met her before. And we were at Pastor Bablu's uh, church, and we were getting ready to do a women's meeting. And I saw her come in through the door, and I had to look twice because I'm thinking, is that her? Is that the same lady? And it was, and she came over, and... Uh, Leanne was translating and I was chatting with her and I was asking how she was and how was her daughter and where was her daughter and she told me oh my daughter's with my in-laws and I was thinking I thought your husband left you and I'm trying to work this all out in my head and anyway as it transpires she was finding it incredibly incredibly difficult being a single parent um, and I as a as a parent as a mummy who has the gift of a very supportive husband and father to his children. I can't imagine what that would be like here. I can't imagine what it's like to be a single parent in the UK. I, I really can't. But I really, really, really can't imagine what it's like over there. I mean, this woman has no support system. If you don't have your family, and normally when you get married and you become part of your husband's family, then that becomes your support network. You leave your own family behind and you really do cleave to this new family. That's your support network. Um, her, her husband had thrown her out because she'd had a daughter and not a son. And she was trying to look after her daughter. She had her own business with the sewing machine. She was trying to make enough money from that to fend for herself, and it just got too much. And she went back to her husband about four months ago. Since then, he, she started to cry. She said he's been bad to her. Um, you can fill in the gaps in that yourself. He won't, her, he won't buy her shampoo. He won't buy her soap. She doesn't have the very basics to take care of herself. And that broke my heart. We prayed for her. I got really angry, I have to say. I was like, right, what can we do? And I was looking around me thinking, who, who can sort this out? Somebody has to be able to sort this out. This is wrong. This is so wrong. This is, this is a lady who had an opportunity for a new life. She had, we did everything we could to help her to have this new life. But the fact is, the culture, as Johnny said, it is so broken. It is so broken. Um, thankfully, she's still part of the church, Pastor Bablu and his wife. I noticed in particular that his wife never left. Pastor Bablu's wife never left this lady's side the whole time we were there that afternoon. Everywhere she was, she was right beside her. In fact, if you'd walked into the room for the first time, you might think that it was their daughter. Um, so Regenerate is amazing, and we are giving people opportunities. But let's not be naive in thinking that that is the answer to everything. That for some people, their lives are so complex, their lives are so broken, and the situation they find themselves is just way beyond a sewing machine fixing it for them. And we need the Holy Spirit to step in there. We need the church of Jesus Christ to step in and be family there and here.
Um, so I feel like I've put a damper on the whole morning. But I just wanted you to, to hear that story because that broke my heart. That, that, that story literally broke my heart. And I was standing going, Lord, this is just too difficult. This is too difficult to come and stand in these places with people and see their pain and see what's going on. Um, and then we went from that to... Um, Nicola had this great idea. So good having somebody creative with you. I am so not creative at all. And Nicola had this great idea that we would make some bracelets. This is my bracelet. Very pleased with it. It's actually quite good. I made it myself. I'm quite chuffed with it. <clears throat> and what we did is we just gathered with the ladies and we got them to make these bracelets. And yellow represented joy. Pink represented love. And blue represented peace. And we just explained to them about how God was a God of love and peace and joy. And whatever they needed from God right now, we wanted them to, to, to symbolize that in their bracelet. It's really funny. Culturally, we had to explain and explain and explain again that this was not a God. This was not some kind of an idol. That this was purely um, a symbol of what God was going to give them and do for them. And we got to do that. And that was such an amazing time. And at the end of that, I'm going to finish with this story. Because I am so... So proud of Nicola, and I'm very proud of you all, but can I just point out Nicola in particular? I am so, so proud of this woman. She overcame so many of her own fears to serve people selflessly. And we were praying in Pastor Babley's church, and I was praying for a lady, and, uh, and then Nicola nudged me and said, come here, come here over. So as Nicola, Nicola wouldn't have tell you this story herself, but I'm going to tell it to you. So Nicola's praying for this lady, and Nicola has her hand on her tummy, and every time Nicola says the name Jesus, she can feel her tummy starting to move. Um, and, every, and again, Nicola prays Jesus, and this thing happens in her tummy. And um, we quickly realize that the lady is under some kind of um, demonic oppression, possession, whatever. Anyway, there's something contrary to Jesus is going on in the lady's life. So we prayed for we took authority for what was happening. We began to see a wee bit of a shift and a change in what was going on with her. And then I said to Leanne, I said, Leanne, who was Avnish's wife, who was interpreting for us, I said, Leanne, can you get the lady herself to begin to pray? Can you encourage her to begin to pray and to invite the presence of God into her life and to invite in particular the peace of God to come into her life? And Leanne did that and she began to pray and Leanne stopped her spoke to her in Hindi and then said to me she's not saying the name Jesus so I'm just getting her to say Jesus in particular because at the minute she could be praying to any God right so I'm just going to clarify this with her so Leanne Leanne again led her in prayers again and as she did and then as we prayed for literally her face transformed in front of us the peace of God didn't it Nicola like you nearly wouldn't have recognized it was the same person it, she looked completely completely different, completely transformed by the Holy Spirit. And that moment set free, we really did sense that she experienced real freedom because it was written all over her face. Um, and, you know, my prayer for all of us is that my prayer for us as a team and for all of us as a church that, you know, I just don't want to see that level of freedom in people's lives in India. Because yes, we live in a very different country and a very different culture here, but we all know people in our lives who are bound in their lives. We all know people who are bound by fear, 
by their past, whatever it is, but they, they have no freedom. When we're around them, we can see that they've just no freedom in their life. That no matter how many times you pray for them, no matter how many times you, you ask God to come and break in, it just seems to be a wall and a barrier. And I long to see that same freedom for people here. Because God just doesn't do those things in India. He's the same God here. And he wants to see people's lives set free all over the place. So don't this morning hear these stories and think, oh, that's just for India. Please, please be inspired and encouraged that it's the same God, the same Holy Spirit. As Jason said, we took our friend, the Holy Spirit, with us. And just like we expected, he never let us down. If anything, he completely, completely blew us away. Jason. It's really so hard to put it all into a morning conversation, but time has beat us, unfortunately. But the conversation will still continue, should you want to buy us coffee, cake, or anything else. Uh, we'd love to chat a bit more with you on that. But in all seriousness, um, um, everybody needs a king like Jesus. Um, strange thing happened. I once saw a rugby match live. It was Ireland Wales. I kid you not, it was a long time ago. And uh, Wales beat Ireland that day. But on the way down the car, I was chatting to a guy about it, and it was the first time out, and he, he more or less said to me, very, very successful businessman, had everything going his life, and he says, what right do you have to go to an nation and tell people about this God of yours? And it threw me back. And I thought, wow. But the more I travel, and the more I look and see everybody, every people, every place needs a king like Jesus. Because he's so good. He's so good. To the marginalized, he's good. To the poor, he's good. To the abandoned, he's so good. To the orphan, he's good. It's just so good. And I would love to invite him to increase his presence among us. Would you stand? We're going to do something slightly different this morning. Um, relax. Not weird. Um, the kids are going to pray for people that are feeling sick and that just want some need God to touch their physical body this morning. So that's going to happen. There's a sign, just to make it dead easy for you, as kids would. There's a sign that says healing down the back. <laughs> Go to that place. They'll come in, and they would love the opportunity to pray for you. Just take a seat, and uh, that'll be fun. Who would have thought? Yeah? What did you say? Every time they do see people healed. There you go. So no pressure, kids. <laughs> For the rest of us, can I have the prayer team up? And I want to pray with you this morning. If God is speaking to you in thought or in words, um, particularly around, you're very distracting this morning. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, the prayer team, if you'd like to come up now. What we'd love to do this morning, I want to pray for those that God has... This is what I think's happened, okay, in the Spirit of God today. I think this is what the Holy Spirit's doing. As we've been having the conversation... Okay? You tracking? 
God has been putting ideas into your heart. Now, don't, don't see it as India. It could be Straban. God forbid. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Bless you. But anyway, it could be something for Dungannon. Could be for our political situation. Could be for our schools. It may be India. It may be all our projects in India. It may be all our countries. But whatever it is, it's all kingdom, right? If it's God. So would you just come forward this morning? What we want to do is just bless what God has started in your mind and in your heart and see that that seed becomes planted and that God waters it and the Holy Spirit waters it and we see fruit and we see traction and we see productivity come out of that. So just to see if I'm anywhere near, would you just put your hand up quickly? Yeah. 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 There's a few. And if the rest of you just want to uh, just get prayer, you don't have to have an idea, then come and have the team pray with you this morning.